as Eli Manning stays on his feet. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. I am your host, David Tyree. Appreciate y'all for checking back in. This is where you come to get the, the pearls, the gems, the pain points. Every obstacle we're going to overcome to get you to your next moment and your next destination. This week, I'm here with the king. Oh, okay, so you didn't know. You didn't know that Jason Bromley, former New York Giant, mm-hmm. we're going we to give you the real, real gems on why he's the king. Jay, family, what's good, bro? Hey, DT, man, thank you for having me. Listen, I'm glad man. to be here. Finally. Listen, fi- the finally. Rock finally. has come back. <laughs> nah, we good. <laughs> All right, so Jay, 2014, right, was uh, was was rookie year, right? Yes, that was, sir. So this is a fun fact. I come back to the Giants in 2014, director, player development. Uh, your rookie class, obviously, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I know you were the third-round pick. Who was, who was second? Western Richburg, center. Yeah. There you go. Western, and then we had Dre, Dre Williams. Big shout to my first rookie class. But um, we, we, even, we, we, had, we had history before that with the Orange. With the Syracuse Orange family, so, yes. um, but man, where do I start with you, bro? This, we, we, you know, we go back like you know, like, like, like Funk Flex and Cadillac. Come on, man. bro! <laughs> you know, like peanut butter and jelly out here. All right, so let's start there, right? Like, you're from Queens, New York, and boy, you got a story that we're gonna dig into, you know, because um, I just love your journey. But you're from Queens, New York. Let's go. Let's go to that moment. What was you know? What's going on in your head right now? You didn't get it the easy route. We're going to get into, you know, some of that journey as well. But here you are getting drafted to the hometown team um, from 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 Queens to, to upstate New York, back to back to Jersey with the New York Giants. What was going on in your head and your heart um, at that moment? Man, I, it, the crazy part about me getting drafted was where I was. OK, I was in Topps uh, supermarket when I got drafted. <laughs> Bro, so, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so I'm in, so long story short, my agent told me I was probably gonna go like fourth round. So in my mind, like I'm just a competitor. So yeah. I was watching. I knew I wasn't gonna go the first day, but I watched right just yeah. to see who went. Second day comes, I'm watching because in my mind, like I don't think there's five defensive tackles better than me. So if two went in the first round, I'm just looking like I'm better than him. I'm better than him. I'm better than him. <laughs> like that's just my mentality. So I watched the second round in yeah. my. In my dorm room, whatever. And then, so I watched the second round. I'm watching, all right, man, I'm better than him. All right, cool, I'm going to go to the store. So me and my girlfriend at the time, now wife, we go to Tops. And we go get some popcorn. We're like, all right, we're going to watch, we're going to get some popcorn. We're going to watch a movie, right? Yeah. I get the Tops, and I get this weird number in my phone, all right? So I'm from New York. All right, 347, stuff like <laughs> 718. I get stuff like that. I don't get the other numbers, whatever these Jersey numbers are, right? No doubt. Where I'm from, Jersey was just like, Jersey might as well have been Alaska, okay? <laughs> I'm not from the upstate. <laughs> it is what it's it is. Good. I'm sorry. And, you know, that's how New York is. That's New how York, That's how we feel, there's man. No, there's nothing else other than New York other City. New York if you're from City. The city. Right. Like, if you can upstate New York, what? <laughs> All right, come on, man. So, so I see this number, and I pick yeah. it up, and I'm like, hello? And it's Tom Coughlin on the phone. And he's like, hey, Jay, we're about to pick you coming up right here in the pick 74 right here. And then, uh, uh, hey, man, you, you, first thing you say, hey, uh, you, you're 285, huh? Huh? 315. <laughs> 315, 315. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, first of all, I'm not 285. I'm 295, right? Okay, I'm three, I was 305 at the combine. What you reading? What you-, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then, so I get the number. Then he gives it to uh, Jerry Reese is the next person. So I get oh, a quick phone call with them. So I didn't even get a chance to see myself, see them go up, call my name. So you ain't seen none of this I on the pool chat. I get the calling tops, and it was party time after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so tops is is so you upstate New York? Yeah, it's Syracuse, Syracuse. So you didn't even come back home at the time. You know, you training upstate. Out. What happened was I was training upstate uh, after the combine and all that stuff, yeah. obviously. And I'm training upstate. I graduate. Okay. So the draft is let's say May 9th. I yeah. graduate May 10th. Boom. There we go. So I'm upstate because I'm about to graduate the Got next you. day. Got you. So I literally get up. I get drafted to the Giants. Uh, uh, upstate has this big mall up there. I don't, even, I don't even think I have a license at the time. I take my wife's car or my girlfriend's car. <laughs> I drive to Ride the mall. Dirty. I go get me a, a cap from Lids. And with the New York Giants, I get my name stitched on the side. 
Nice. So I get Jay stitched on the side. You know how you go to graduate, everybody got their little hat or whatever. They they mark it up. Yeah. Their little tassels or whatever. Man, bump that, man. I'm celebrating the Giants. I'm wearing my Giants hat. <laughs> I'm wearing my Giants. I ain't going to toss this one, though. I'm going to keep this one when everybody throw their hat. That's a class. You still got it? Oh, 100%. Okay. Good man. 100%. Good man. All right. So I'm going to rewind because, you know, we always got to go back to, uh, you know, the, the not so current events. Where were you? You know, we talk about catch the moment. Where were you uh, back back in almost 15 years ago? Where were you when you saw first saw the helmet catch? So I didn't play football until I got to high school. Mm-hmm. So that was around that time, that 2007, 2008. Uh-huh, okay. So that was the first Super Bowl I ever watched. The first one? First one I ever watched. Golden. Golden. Golden, okay? <laughs> and so I remember being at, my coach had like a football watching party at the house. Yeah. And I remember being there watching that game. And obviously, that time, Patriots undefeated. We, everybody a Patriots fan. Well you know, my coach was a big Jets fan, so he didn't like the Patriots, right? <laughs> so he was rooting for the Giants no okay. matter what, New York. So seeing that catch, man, I'm telling you, people didn't know, you know, this about you, but he put some molasses on his helmet before he went out. <laughs> <laughs> his molasses. He put not, some molasses not, on his helmet. Not gum. Not gum. Not stick. Molasses. Molasses. Your, your southern grandma know about that. She put it, she used to dip it, her dip of biscuits in it. That wasn't honey on it, but that was molasses. It's thick. Right. It's the texture. Right, right. It's thick. That's, that's what he had back in the day. But that that's man, it was a phenomenal moment, man. And yeah. obviously being from New York, all that that pride. Yeah, just, I don't I listen, yeah. I can only I'll be thinking about like what the city must have looked like. Cause I noticed the, the streets was just lit up in general, like all of all of Giants fans and, and people neighborhoods, like yo, nah, that's that's what's up, man. So you was just getting into your football rhythm. All right, so let's let's get back now, Jay. Like I said, obviously you started your you started your football a little later, but you do get that D one scholarship in Syracuse, and honestly, you had a pretty dynamic, you know, um, you know, Doug Marone was your coach, right? Yes, Doug Marone brought right. me in. That was my first. So coach. so yeah, man. So y'all had a good little run with Doug Marone. Um, what would you say is your defining moment um, as, a, you know, as an athlete, you know, up at, at up to this point, right? Because you're still emerging and doing some tremendous things, which we'll talk about. What's your defining moment in your career? If I had to say defining, I have to say something that really helped traject me and give me opportunity moving forward to do everything I've been fortunate enough to do. And that would come from high school. What that mm-hmm. means by that is I didn't have 20, 30, 10, 5, Three, two scholarships. I didn't have none of that. I'm coming from New York City. You know, the mecca of basketball. We're not known for football like that. Not at all. And, and we talk about not the outskirts, not upstate New York, not not Westchester. No, no. We're talking about New York City. We're concrete. talking about the concrete jungle. We're talking about Queens, Bronx, Brooklyn, yeah, Long Island. That, that, that is everything that I grew up in. So I didn't have any scholarship offers. So come around June of my scene after I graduated high school, had no scholarship offers. Uh, the only one I had was from Stony Brook. They pulled that because they didn't think I was going to clear clearinghouse. Because uh, if you go, people don't know this, but if you're going to go D1, you have to have a certain amount of things that you have done. You have sure. to, it's a sliding scale between your SAT, ACT, and your GPA in yeah. order for you to play D1 immediately. So I didn't know about that. I was just playing football to play football. And being yeah. one of the first people to do that, my coach didn't know to kind of push me in that way. Yeah. So I had to get with my guidance counselor, figure out things, take two math classes that summer Got just you. to prepare myself if I played for anybody. Uh. So the defining moment came me when I when I played in this all-star game, the Empire Challenge. Shout out Boomer Sizen. Okay. That's his game every single year uh, in Long Island versus New York City. Yeah. And I was one of the, I was the only player, one of, if not one of the only, the only player picked from Queens to play in that, all, in that game. And I was all city all-city defensive end. And the reason why that game is so defining is yeah. because I don't have any scholarship offers. I play in that game. I win most valuable player of the game. Uh, the next day, Syracuse offers me a scholarship. Ooh. June 23rd. So letters of intent go out. People up there, with they picking all their hats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In, in like February. That's so I, the June 23rd, I get a scholarship. They find it. And before that, Doug Marone didn't even want me. He told my coach my feet were too slow to play at Syracuse. And then I go and I show out. I have like three or four sacks and ten tackles. I think a blocked field goal. All kind of crazy stuff. And next day, hey, man, we found something. We got something for you. We found something for you. Old Macho Man said the cream will rise to the top. Oh, all the time. Man, that's, that's, that's that's a dynamic experience. 
And I think I think everybody should understand, like, you know, number one, it does take a peculiar moment, right, to be to kind of have that moment where it's like, oh wow. And it's never too late, right? Like even in that in that in that particular instance, it's a 12 hour experience mm-hmm. where you had the goods, but it was the right time, right opportunity to put that on display. Make sure you don't miss that. All right, so boom, Syracuse somehow they, they catch mm-hmm. the diamond in the rough. Um and you've been, you've been acknowledged that. So what was what was that journey like, and how long did it take for you, like I said, coming off not being on the radar to getting into one of the, at least historically, one of the most prominent football traditions historically? I know I know it's been a rough time in Syracuse. Y'all <laughs> ease up. Ease up. But what was it like now being in the middle of that, knowing that all that history trajectory? I know you felt like you belonged and had something to prove, but how long did that take, and what was your progression like, you know, getting into the program? It Reality was, man, I always, like you said, I always felt like I had a chip on my shoulder. And, okay. uh, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, I have to steal your tagline. I caught the moment. No doubt. You know, for that, hit in, that it. in that all-star game, right? Because I just always felt like what motivated me was seeing other people that they thought were better than me. Yeah. So when I seen the Dominique Easleys, when I seen the Chris Brathways, the people that had D1 offers that played my position, I was like, man, I'm going to prove something. And mm. then when I got to Syracuse, I went up to Syracuse. My mom put me in the back of that Tahoe. Okay. And my daddy and we drove up to Syracuse and um <laughs> and I remember like yesterday I'm big I'm six foot three six foot four as long as I could my legs cramping up <laughs> mind you I'm saying like Syracuse was a part of New York I didn't even know about all right I'm listen. just like Syracuse what's that that's New York you Bro. know what I'm saying it might as well have been Antarctica man listen <laughs> you know the funny thing is like everybody thinks like the people who don't know you think that it's not a different world you think mm-hmm. that it's going to be an extension of New York. And then you get up there, man, that thing looked like a juvenile video back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> off campus, in the Salina Street, you're like, hey. oh, these niggas pull up here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's weird because the, the, the whole campus is like its own city in of itself. It's like 100%. you got the projects, you know what I'm saying? You got the projects, you got the city, you got the suburbs, all no on the same campus. But... Then, if you go outside the campus, it get real dangerous get real, real dangerous. fast. <laughs> You're like, okay, you want to go get some chicken? Okay, go ahead and get some chicken. See if you make it back. Uh, that's fantastic. So what was your breakout? And I'm, I'm going to peel back to your journey because I know you, you, you've overcome a lot. And, um, you know, like I said, growing up, just and it's like I don't like to shape narratives. Like none of us are victims to circumstance. And that's, that's what allowed you to achieve great things. But, you know, at what point did you begin to kind of like smooth out and the Syracuse staff begin to recognize that they might have had some here? Was there a breakout game? Um, and, and when did you begin to excel? And maybe if there was a performance that you can remember that, that was like, okay, I'm here. We'll get to the I'm here moment. But the interesting thing about that is I had never been on a plane until I got to Syracuse. So okay. I was 18 years old, 19 years old. I never had even been on a plane. Was you afraid of him? I didn't know. <laughs> look, look, only thing I remember, listen, the only thing I remember about a plane is watching the Michael Jackson movie and when he was crying when he didn't want to get on the plane. Oh, like the American Dream? Yeah, dude? yeah, I remember that. And I remember that. That's, that's my idea of planes. I'm like, oh, man, this, this is going to be thunder. I'm going to cry a little bit. I don't know, right? So, so that's my only memory of planes. And then, then on top of that, the first game, it ain't like it's an hour plane ride. Yeah. We're going to Washington. We going five and a half, six hours from Syracuse. They're going coast to coast. Coast to coast. First oh, game. Snap. I remember like it's yesterday. Jake Locker was the big time quarterback at that time. Jake. And they was Jake Lockered out. So the reason. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. For Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was that guy at the time. Okay. So how I knew that, because I was always a put my head down and go to work kind of guy. I didn't always understand how far I was progressing at, at what level. Sure. What I knew, especially being like their last scholarship offer, right? I'm not knowing I'm going to play, right? I don't know none of that stuff. So, but I get to the game, how I knew, you know, in college, they can redshirt you. Sure. Right? Redshirt meaning, for people that don't know, that means that you, instead of getting four years at a college, you get five. That's you right. An additional year, but you don't play that year. You don't play that first year. Right. But what they I can got, I got redshirt. I was not good enough. <laughs> Maybe a different era, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> right, I don't know, man, you know what I'm saying? I got you. I, so, so, so after that, they burned my red shirt the first, the first game. First game. First game at Washington. Woo. So hey, listen, <laughs> that, that, that made the boy can play a little bit, okay? So, <laughs> look, I look, but the funny part about it is, I like, I'm, a, I'm 18 years old. The thing about college is, if you're 18, 
The guy across from you could be 22, he could be 23, he could yeah. be 24, he could have, he could be gray-shirted, he could be 25 years old. We just seen that with, with Stetson Bennett from Georgia. You could have a grown man across from you. All facts. So the first play I get, they run an inside zone. That's all I know. That's all I know. I'm just looking up. Why you put me out here, coach? I'm ready for, I wasn't ready for these monsters. What you got? What is going on? Right, man? This is this is this is way faster than practice. This ain't the same. Like you said, we have a failure. But that taste yeah. of the big time, like a sold out stadium, seeing the Jake Locker, like the, the lights, it was like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Tyler. Okay, this is this is where it's at. All right, I got it. I figure I'm I'm gonna figure it out. I love it. So so that's that's just my mentality. And then from there, it was it was that was my freshman year. Sure. Every game, I just got better. Coming back. Every game, every Excellent. game. And I remember coming back Rutgers. I really wanted to go to Rutgers. Yeah. And so when I went to that camp, I went to the Rutgers Big Man Academy camp. This is when uh, what's his name? Uh, Chiano. Yeah. He had a red. Escalade, I remember with the chrome side. I remember seeing this Escalade and everything. And I'm just like, I want to come here. I, I hope they offer me. Yeah. And they didn't offer me, right? They didn't give me no love. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we played Rutgers. That was it. That's when uh, Muhammad Sanu was running the Wildcat okay, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So if I had a game where I had to say my freshman year where I was like, okay, I belong here and I came out, yeah. it was versus Rutgers. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That coming out party, big mm -hmm. dog. Listen, so that's that's a, that's a beautiful thing. I'm a I'm a peel. I'm a turn back the hands of time a little bit, um, because you know, like I said, it wasn't all peaches and cream. So, tell me what life you know what life like was was like growing up in Queens. Obviously, I know a little bit of this personally, but what was life growing up in the crib family? Because it's a real power. Like you had you were actually what I'm sure the Daily News was out here telling your story mm -hmm. when you got drafted. So mm -hmm. let's let's get into it because ultimately that's what made you who you were. But you weren't debilitated by it. So talk about it. Yeah, I was I was fortunate and in many ways I'm grateful. I was raised with my aunt and my uncle. So I was adopted by my aunt and my uncle. They okay. took me in when I was three months old. Um, you know, when you get older, the only thing you have as far as the story of everything goes is what the older people, whether it be your mom, dad, your uncles, your brother and sisters, what they tell you of what happened. Yeah. You kinda like, you know, when you come from the hood, you really don't even know you're poor. Hey like, man, you know, and so that's that's that. I ain't gonna go too long, but like that's the big thing. It's like you don't know, like no. like listen, we put water in the ketchup back in the day, we good. Like we ain't no, ain't no problem, right? Like, this is that's life. What you do? We ain't gonna waste this, right? Right. This, this this is life, right? So you don't even know how all these things affect you. But long, yeah. from what I understand, my mother, my biological mother, left me at a friend's house, okay. and then my biological father went picked me up, and then took me to my my auntie, which is Francis Ann. That's my mom. And then she decided to adopt me with my with my father with my dad. That's Roy Nimmons. So Francis and Roy Nimmons adopted me. Okay, so I'm grateful for that. And they raised me my whole raised me my entire life. And then my biological father and mother. My father went away shortly after I was adopted. Probably uh -huh. like two or three months after for 17 years in prison. Ooh. So who who named who named you? Because it's Jay is Jason. King Bromley, right? <laughs> I, you know, we can't... I, I, the, I got the king at the table, so we, we got to put the full... Isn't that, isn't that the full? Isn't that the uh, government? Is that no, the government? you know, no, no. Look, I added the king. You okay? added... Oh, okay, added, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I added the king. That was... That was... I don't know when... But you know, Facebook was popping. I wanted to, I wanted to stand out a little it's bit. You know what I'm saying? I just said Jason King Brown because my middle name Craig, and maybe I saw Friday and I didn't feel like that caught it's me. Like the Craig, Craig. Yeah, you want to fit Craig? Yeah, yeah I want to fit fill in the Craig part. Come on, Craig. No, he's like, Come on, King. Right, all right. Come on, King. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe I was just feeling, you know. I, all right, so you had, you had to spice this up a little spice bit. Spice it up. Yeah. Ride my dog. Well, listen, he, he, I'm gonna give you the King. I'm gonna let you ride out with the King. You know, that's how you introduce yourself to me. One, yeah, Jason King Bromley. <laughs> <laughs> if it's on Facebook, it got to be real. It got to so. be real, man. You know, it's complicated. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bo. So, so that's that's obviously you know, like I said, no one knows, right? And so, so talk about it. Um, aunt, aunt, uncle, they raised you up. What was life like in the crib? I mean, like, um, what was life like growing up in Queens? Well, you know, was it was it good? Was it was it hard? What what, what, what were the difficulties that you kind of had to navigate through? Because I know there was some there was some of that. Interestingly, so I didn't have the Fresh Prince opportunity, right? So I didn't get a chance to go with Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv, <laughs> and get in the mansion, and, and you know what I'm saying, and, and, yeah. and live out that life, you know, and see the dice in the mirror. I didn't get a chance to live like that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when I was fortunate enough to be picked up and, and raised and adopted by my, oh, my uncle, I still went back to the hood. Was in the hood. You know I still lived in Brooklyn for a while. I lived in a project. So 
So it was still that environment, right? So in the environment, my neighborhood was probably like gang, gangs, blood, crips, MOB. And then I was the youngest. I'm, I'm the only boy. Okay. I have three older sisters. Uh, so I was, I was protected in that way. But yeah. also I was, and every man I've ever seen, like I said, my father went away for 17 years. So I didn't even see my, only time I saw my father growing up was when we went, took that long ride up north. Yeah. And then you had to have your ID, your birth certificate, all this stuff just to get through the gates. And we mm. brought him some Chinese food a couple times. And that was the only thing I knew about my, my biological father before he got out. He, he didn't get out of prison until I was 18 years old. Got you. So, so, but growing up, man, my, my mom, what, what, what did he go to prison for? He went to prison for murder, actually. Ooh. Yeah, it, it was it was tragic. Yeah, just unfortunate, man. The, the yeah. mistakes that people make, you know, when yeah. they poor decisions that they make. There you go. And I, I think that's the reality, right? So there's two things that we always acknowledge, and there's decisions that we make, right? There's mistakes that can be made. We have to bear the consequences of both of those. And then there's things that happen to us in life, like you know, um, and those are things that you can't control. So, you know, but everybody has to live out that experience mm -hmm. and how it affects them. Sometimes we don't even know until we become adults. Right. And, uh, but we're shaped by them and we have to figure out how to overcome them. So, so, you know, like I said, when you're a kid, everything's just your normal. It's normal. God. I, and every man I've ever known, even after my dad, every man I've ever seen besides my uh, Roy, my, my adopted father, every other man I've ever known that come in the house was, came from the penitentiary. So it was like, I was, and they always had these weird names. <laughs> they always had these nicknames give me some, like give me Life, <laughs> Eternal, Ice. Like that was their names. You know what I'm saying? Like this is everybody I know. Like this is Ice, Eternal. Like, and then I'm like sharing bedrooms with them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like and uh, teaching me how to do push-ups, teaching me how to do jail meals. I didn't take the can of octopus and they do the rice. Like, <laughs> like literally, like that's when I'm learning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did that, wait. It was just some rock. Was it some ramen mixed with the octopus? Oh, <laughs> oh, it was. It was all kind of stuff, man. It was just like, like I had to learn how to do push-ups. Like he's sleeping on the couch. He got his regiment. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He just got out. You know, my man Eternal. He doing push-ups. I'm learning how to do push-ups. He doing push-ups. I'm gonna do push-ups. He's right outside my door. I might as well come out here and do something with you. You know what I'm saying? Dang, I ain't even been asking what it's like on the inside. I don't really don't want to know. So I'm just <laughs> <laughs> now you good with that one? Right, right. That couch probably feel really good. <laughs> All right, so so you're a young scrap. This is this is what life looks like growing up. How did you, how did you keep the straight path? I mean, like in general, like like you're so so meeting meeting Jay Bromley, is your temperament, your disposition, your personality so far from what you grew up around, like pimps and, and, and talk. You know, like tell me about. I know I know that that was an element. Like you grew up around. Um, that that perverse culture, mm -hmm. for lack of better terms. Now I know it affected you mm -hmm. as as a young man growing up. Not that you was like Rudy Two Shoes, but mm -hmm. you didn't become a, a jailbreaker. You didn't mm -hmm. become the the direct product of the environment. So how did you how did you keep the course and kind of navigate and, and create those opportunities with sports? Yeah, I was fortunate to not become the statistic that everything would point to. Uh, to speak to what you're saying, yeah, my father was a pimp. My mother was a prostitute. That's That was the relationship. And Sheesh. then one of the women that my father ultimately went to jail for, it, she was a prostitute as well. And that was actually my oldest sister's mom. So, so that's where all that came from. And then everything around that, like I said, I grew up with my aunt and my uncle and like still in the hood and, and their relationship, seeing all the, the ebbs and flows and, and just the, my, my brother was a pimp. So I got an older brother who's, who's Ooh, old enough listen. to be my dad. And then he used to bring women around all the time. And then my mom was like a, like a house mom to the women. So they always were around. Like I'm walking to the store with them. I'm yeah. going and seeing dudes holler at them. Or maybe they come in with a black eye. This and then I'm just, like, and I'm just like, okay, I, I kind of, okay. That she didn't hit the doorknob. You know what I'm saying? Jeez. Kind of thing. So you see all these things. And, and then as I got older, my cousin, my other cousin, LB, yeah. another nickname. And then it's like he moves into the room next to me. And he sells crack. So, and then my other cousin runs the crack for him, right? So, I, I remember, like, yesterday, I didn't ever, a crack looked like soap when they're when they breaking it up on a plate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I didn't know, and I just see him doing it, and I'm just like, okay, you see the water on the stove, you know what I'm saying? You see that stuff. And and it's crazy to me how, like you said, how I didn't get involved in it, because I didn't, I, like, I didn't have money, and my mom, I used to be afraid to ask for money. Yeah. So when I got to high school and I started playing football, I always wanted to go play football. Sports saved me because it gave me somewhere to be that was positive. 
And then when I couldn't Huge. play football, I was in basketball. So okay. I went from basketball to football, basketball to football. And on Saturdays, I didn't have my bus pass. Bus pass don't work on Saturdays. Yeah. So if I ain't got no money, I can't go nowhere. Yeah. So I would go and I would try to make my mom sleep. I can't ask her. I'll go to LB. I say, LB, can I borrow a couple dollars? Can I take the bus? I, I want to go play basketball. Yeah. So he would give me money. He even gave me shoes one time. I wanted to impress this girl. I ain't had no shoes. I was like, <laughs> he, he was selling drugs. He had all the shoes. It was like stacked up like a Reebok store. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, hey, man, can I borrow some shoes? I want, I want to go on a date. <laughs> so that was like literally like. How old were you at that point? <laughs> I was 16. Okay. All right. 16. High school day. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta, you know, that's that's when it matters right there. Okay, the teenage years, you're like, yeah, I'm trying to get fly. <laughs> so yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to do something. I'm with a white tee. I'm just like, hey man, you gonna see these feats? Yeah, you know no question. I mean? So how did I navigate that? I really, man, I I think the people around me to an extent because I remember the the dudes that were selling drugs and the people that was gang banging. Yeah. When I would come back from practice late night with football practice, they would always be like, man, keep doing your thing, keep going to practice. So I never got pulled into that life, even yeah. though it was all around me. Like they even had yeah. some type of respect level for it. Like, all right, bro, you keep doing that. Yeah, and you ain't got to be involved in this. Ooh, man, that's huge, bro. That's so huge. And um, it's crazy. You know, obviously, <clears throat> you know, I'm always bridging the gap from reality. You know, like there's there's reality and there's the ideal. I mean, like there are the ideals that we cultivate, a community that serves one another and elevates. Right. You know, in my brain. It, I want to celebrate and elevate, but I'm never going to celebrate the wrong things because what gets celebrated is what gets done. Mm -hmm. And it's just so great that at least when they saw you and, and the fact that you weren't drawn to it, they kept you there, right? Like that's, like I said, because yeah, you, you have negative influences. Ultimately, we're drawn to the things that we desire. And it's amazing how you know, I know that God can kind of preserve people in very indirect ways. So that's, that's crazy. That's wild. So what would you say is the biggest obstacle, right? You know, like that you had to overcome um, throughout your journey up to this point. Like, you know, as you're sharing some of these, you know, um, as you share your life, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's an obstacle in itself. But for you internally and maybe even externally, what was the biggest thing where you was like, it, man, I don't even, I don't know. You ever had an I don't, I don't know moment? And how did you overcome it? It was without sports, I wouldn't have made it this far. I'll put mm -hmm. it like that because, like I said, these men that were in my life, like I said, all I seen was drug addicts, people coming from prison, and that was the rotation of men. And then my, and then my Roy, I love him, but he wasn't a figure that was moving in my life in that way. Yep. He picked me up and showed me something. Like he showed, he had some great qualities about him, but it never was like that pick you up son moments like that. Yeah. So what what really changed my life was my coaches. So when I, you know, got the coach, shout out Jimmy DeSantis. Shout Big shout out Jimmy. Rest in peace, Coach Rudy, who's my defensive line coach. And all, the, and all the coaches at Flushing, when I went there, because they really helped ground me and give me like, hey, if you don't have a 2.5 GPA, you can't play. Right? Yeah. If you don't come to school today, you can't go to practice. So yeah. then my mom never had to worry about me going to school. I used to, listen, I used to wake up and about to go to school and yeah. watch my mom and my sisters watching Maury. Mind you, they supposed to be in school. <laughs> and I'm leaving. They in there watching Maury and, and, and Jerry Springer. And all. Bro, I'm like, yo. Ain't they supposed to go to school? Like, wow. they just chilling. And I'm like, all right. But, but I never had to have a pull. Like, my pull was, hey, man, once I started playing football, if I don't come, I can't practice. And, it, and, and the camaraderie of just being around those dudes, those other young men that I was with, that was the reason. That's what motivated me to go to school. It's powerful. No, motivation is one of the biggest factors, right? So it's kind of like this whole... EQ world, every every man, we have to have a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you don't have a motivating factor to attain or to achieve something, and then 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 life is kind of like this big old hodgepodge, like what am I supposed to do, mm -hmm. right? And that's why we all need direction. That's what we're trying to... So, obviously, for, for you, just as much as for me, sports changed the trajectory of, me, uh, to, excuse me, the trajectory of my life mm -hmm. because it gave me a purpose, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I want to compete. I want to mm -hmm. win. And it's so simple, right? I think in business, in life, there's the simple elements that everybody wants to succeed. But if you don't have the guidance, the direction, and ultimately the motivation, then you'll be subject to your environment. Mm -hmm. You'll be you'll you'll be you'll be subject to these um, less you know these detrimental factors that that eat us away. So in light of in light of we talking about eating, what's your favorite food, man? <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, no, no. No, that's the way you break this thing up a little bit. But um, now you, I'm not even sure if you told me like football was your salvation. But what is, what's the hardest thing? Was there injuries? Was there like, was it people doubting you? I know that's a big motivating factor for you. Is mm-hmm. you know taking a look. But what was the moment? Was there ever a moment where you was just like, I want to quit? And how did you internally overcome that? What well, you know. And I've walked with you through some life. So I know you've had some down moments where, you know, you're not playing as a giant. You, mm-hmm. You're drafted in the third round. Talk to me about some of, the, some of the more difficult experiences that you had and how you matured through. The, the best part about my life that I'm grateful for is the fact that when I was going to quit, it was in the beginning. And what okay. happened was, right, and so basically I say talk about my, my aunt, my uncle, become my mother and my father and raising me. Sure. But after probably a couple years, my grandmother really raised me. Okay. So she was a part. She lived in the same house, and she really grabbed a hold of me. Okay. Especially as the only boy, she grabbed a hold of me, taught me, uh, taking out the garbage, taught me all these different things to help me grow as a young man. And she passed away right before I went to high school. So I went. I never played organized football before. All I know is New York. Hey, uh, you know, quarterback, everybody else wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? Kill a man with the ball on concrete. (laughs) Kill a man, baby. That's all I know, right? So I go to high school, I go to Flushing, and then they're bringing back the football program. So I'm like, okay, let me try out for football. You know, first of all, Coach D saw me in the hallway or something. I was still a pretty big kid. He's like, you playing football. You playing football. (laughs) I need you to come try out for football. You know what I'm saying? So I'll take him up in his offer. I go out there, and in springtime or something like that, and – they got us in full pads yeah. running 300s. And people that don't know what 300s are, you, the, the football field is 100 yards yeah. and it's 50 yards. Why? 52, I think. We got to run around the whole thing in the heat of spring like multiple times. I'm dying. Okay? And I'm a little fat, chubby kid. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this ain't it. This ain't it. This ain't it. This is football. <laughs> I don't want to be here. You know what I'm saying? So, so I do that. And my, like I said, my grandmother pretty much raised me. And then she passes away. So I go home, and I'm like, for whatever reason, I'm getting my feelings, man. I get my feelings about my grandmother. I uh-huh. just came through this hard day of work, right, running in the sun. And I'm like, yeah, I told my mom, I said, I said, I don't want to do it. I miss my grandma. And she looked at me. The best thing my mother ever told me was, she said, if you want to quit, quit because you want to quit. Don't quit because you're upset about that. And she told me that. I went in my room. I cried. Cry myself to cry sleep. Cry like a man, baby. Cry like cry myself to sleep. I woke up and I never looked back. Never thought about quit. Oh, no, I, I won't quit. I'm not a quitter. <laughs> like the one thing about me, I, I'll fail over and over again, whatever it is, but I'm not a quitter. So even in once we got to past that point, I didn't play as a freshman. Sure. Boom. But my sophomore year, I started center. Yeah. I started center. I become an all borough center of the best centers in Queens. Third uh, junior year, then I become an all-borough center again. Senior year, I'm a, I go to left tackle, and then I'm an all-city defensive end. Boom. Then from there, I go to Syracuse. And then by the time I end my year in Syracuse, I'm all-ACC. You know what I'm saying? I'm 74th pick overall out of 250 players. Give me that in, resume, in baby. Let's go. So I never, I never quit it. So when I, even when I got to the Giants and I felt like if I felt like I wasn't playing enough, right, and I had to figure out how to emotionally deal with that and not because you realize it's a different environment. Like, this is a business. This is... We're going to talk every, about that. You know what I'm saying? All these yeah. different things. So you you have to figure things out differently, how to maneuver, how to show your emotion, how to not show your emotion. And those were the things I struggled with, but I yeah. never was going to quit. Excellent. I always going to figure out, okay, how can I get better? All right, this is good. We're going to open this up because I'm, I'm there and I'm there literally every step of the way. How did I do for y'all as a as a as a DP? Was I whack? You can tell me. Keep it a buck. Give me a you know. I was I was the director of player development, director of player engagement. What even? What's your mindset as as a tw- you 20, 22 years old? Yeah. Twenty two years old. You coming in there? This dude. You talking about life and football and all, right. all kind of crazy stuff. You got you ain't got no choice but to sit up in there with me in these meetings. Right. And y'all had Charles Way on the front end too. So yes. what's your thought process? You over here, I know what I was feeling like when I came in as a rookie in the uh-huh. league. So, but what's your thought process going through this? Because you're young, you're dumb, mm-hmm. and, you know, you got ambitions. Mm-hmm. And you got this dude right here just trying to tell you how to get into life. And, and find, how did you feel transitioning to the league? What were your biggest wins? And what was, when you look back at it now, like, damn, wish I would have listened a little better there. 
Yeah, so first and foremost, you said, man, how do you feel as a player and this guy coming to here talking about all this life, man? Bump life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bump your life talk. It's real. I got money now. <laughs> got money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, they're not considering all these so things. True. All the tangible things, like, it's unless you were raised in that environment, unless your parents had some type of influence on you that sure. can help you. Hey, man, you need to think about life after football. You need to think about these situations that you can put yourself in. You have to think about you becoming a target now because of your status. Mm-hmm. Like, if, unless you have somebody that's really, and you're open to listening to a person like you, there you, go. you don't really care. <laughs> like, you in the meeting because you got to be there. You know what I'm saying? I'm fine. If, I get fine if I'm not here. So I'm going to sit in the crowd. Y'all had, y'all had, you did a good job. Y'all had a little couple of meetings. Y'all put a little play together. What if you go out? You know what I'm saying? And then somebody put something in your drink. You got a little girl with the skinny skirt Come in there, show you this is what you're gonna get at the club. When they come like this, what you gonna do? You know what I'm saying? So y'all do a great job of really dre- like really projecting what the possibilities are. Yeah. You know, but I would say if there's 10 players, nine or eight out of ten of them is one ear out the other. Mm-hmm. Just because of I'm a rookie. So yeah. you hit me with this as a rookie. You're not hitting me this in year four or five. Yeah. But then based on statistics, you can't wait that long. There you go. So so it's the irony. Yeah. Of that timing of all of it. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that's how I feel. That's good. So you're a third round pick. Obviously, there's expectations that come along with it. And you obviously had ability, so it wasn't necessarily the issue. But you did struggle emotionally, right? Like things weren't as ideal in certain circumstances. Playing time was an issue. Um, and I, like I said, I, I've, I was there to try to help you manage some of that. Because there's two things that's happening, right? Like everything is evaluated. And you don't, you're not fully aware. You're aware, but you're not fully aware, right? You yeah. feel justified. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's out here, they bugging, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a similar experience myself, you know? So when you look back at it, what, was, what do you feel was one missed opportunity in how you handled yourself as a professional mm-hmm. in light of what the challenges or obstacles? Humility. I would say it was humi- Speak humility. Speak to it. And it was amazing because I was fortunate enough to be in the league long enough to see how it was handled differently and how it was handled better. Meaning, I was with the Giants and I was playing and then Hankins left and it opened up a door for me to be the starter. And then I, I was I was a starter for the team, but they had drafted a second round pick. Dalvin Thomason was an excellent football player. Very good. And I was a starter and then I get hurt. Mm-hmm. Going into the final the final preseason game. So I'm like, okay. But in my mind, I already know. Like, he's a second-round pick. Yeah. They're kind of waiting on a reason to, to put him ahead of me. All right, I'm a third-round pick, but this ain't, the, this, these, this ain't the coach that drafted there me. There you go. So I got to – and this ain't the defensive coordinator that drafted me. So I got – don't get me wrong. Coach Spagnola had a good rapport and all that good stuff. But I, I, I got all these things in the back of my head. Like, I can't – like, I'm like, oh, I get hurt. I'm balling. I, oh, I get hurt. Dag, all right, boom. So – now, throughout the course of that season, I'm not just trying to be the best football player I can be. I'm measuring myself versus Dalvin every game, right? And then I'm and then I'm perpetuating that on my coach. So if I play a better game than him, I'm looking at him like, why is he starting over me? Mm. Instead of being humble and saying, I'm going to just be – I'm rotating. I'm playing as much as a starter anyway. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just saying, let me just make the most of my reps, I'm concerned about this title. Because yeah. in my mind, I need to be the starter. I need my name to be out there. I need my picture to come out, Jay Brahms, Syracuse <laughs> University. You know what I'm saying? Ball Hall University. Him, I, you know what I'm saying? I need that. You know, Because yeah. that was all ego and pride because I felt like, man, I, I like I'm, I'm playing well. I, I belong fun. here. Because it took me a while to figure out, like, nah, I belong here. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I might, even if I'm not your top 32 or 30, 64, whatever the top two defensive tackles is, sure. I'm like, I belong in this league. Ain't yeah. no – ain't. It ain't a hundred defensive linemen in the world <laughs> better than me. You know what I'm like, saying? Like. So, so when I say humility, it's because I remember, like it was yesterday, I was in it. I remember I had played a real good game versus Washington or something like that. You know yeah. how you we get graded. You get graded every single game. The grades are up on the board. You see your productivity and all that. Here we go. So, I remember, we go into our bye week. I'm second on the team in quarterback pressures behind JPP. So, but I'm not the starter. Mm-hmm. Right, and I'm not even really the starter on nickel like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, I'm making things happen. Obviously, you know what I'm saying. So <laughs> obviously, you know what I'm saying. Obviously, so I'm like, okay, boom. So I play a really good game versus Washington. Even the defensive line coach, he says, Jay, you doing real good things out there. Keep going. So I remember being in the meeting, and then my ego was just there. It was just like, all right, so am I the starter then? Like you talking about how good I'm playing? Like so, what that mean? You gonna make it? You gonna make a change? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that was all pride, and it was all ego instead of. 
instead of humbling myself and just putting my best foot forward and going to study my film, going back to the drawing board, figuring out how I can improve. Sure. And when I say that, I learned later on how to go about it properly when I played for the Saints. Sure. I played with Sheldon Rankins and I played with David on. I'm the, he got a he got a weird yeah. last name. No, David. I'm, I'm the guy. O. David O. Man, shout you out, bro. Your, your last name, man, Onyemara or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And um, what's my other guy name? Ah, oh, dang, my dog. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, I, know exactly. I forget. But listen, long story short, Good I was players. able. I watched them rotate the defensive end. Yeah, I, I watched them rotate, and I was like, Cam Jordan. Yeah, I was like, that's how you that's how you handle it. Yeah, because Sheldon was the first round pick. David was the fourth round pick in the same draft class. David had better production than Sheldon throughout the course of their same time sure. in New Orleans, but Sheldon was always the starter because he was the first round pick and he yeah. had more talent, yeah. but David had more production. Mm -hmm. So over time I saw that and I was able to play with them. Yeah. Right. And I was like, okay, that's how you handle that. Like that's the right way. Yeah. Like, I, maybe I didn't know all the, maybe any conversations, but from a day-to-day -day basis, how they helped one another, how they went about it, the conversations with the coach, they were just focused on getting better. So powerful. Mm -hmm. you, and at the end of the day, what you're talking about, it, 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 you, that flows from gratitude. It's like, mm -hmm. not only do you belong here, but I'm thankful to be here, mm -hmm. right? Wanting to be here. Um, it was, obviously, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in certain meetings, and, you know, you, I would hear the negative feedback on Jay Brown, and you're my guy. I'm like, and, and I would randomly try to run up on you and give you some game, mm -hmm. but I know how it's, that role is a very interesting position because it's not, you're not the coach, right? Like, so it doesn't ring the same way, right? It's like, I can say the same thing, but unless somebody, unless it's at the right time at the right moment, and, um, and you only got so much time to speak, you know, it's like, so I'm looking, I'm like, and, and here's my biggest advice, and I think this works true in business. You got to get good at something mm -hmm. fast, mm -hmm. right? So for me, it was easy. I was, I was all pro special teams player. Like, that's what kept me on the roster. And I think in my personal, you know, I, I would look at him like, now he's productive, but there's not one thing that he's great at just yet. Mm -hmm. he, like, you get in there and, and you cause a ruckus, but it's like you got the pressure, but you're not getting the sacks, right? When you get mm -hmm. the sacks... Right. Nobody care about all your missed your missed assignments and all that other stuff, right? Right. You can get pressures, but if you never get there, mm -hmm. it's not as disruptive because you can get a pressure, somebody can get away, mm -hmm. and they still make a play. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, this dude is, is, is he's he's good enough. He's really good enough. But that attitude, mm -hmm. but it, mm -hmm. it really it's the gratitude that keeps you grounded. And when you're grounded, you can take root. And you can work all those things out because no one likes somebody that's that's pissing on their tree, mm -hmm. and and you can be silent and piss on somebody's tree. Mm -hmm. I, listen, mm -hmm. I, I, I I remember some of those things. I'm like, I'm like ah, Jakey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like no. <laughs> so humility is huge, man. Humility is huge. But I was glad you got that opportunity in New Orleans. You had a, you had what, five six years, mm -hmm. five six years in a league. And man, you did well, bro. Congratulations on, a, on, a, on an amazing, amazing run. What What are you most proud of? Because now you're, like I said, you fully transitioned into the marketplace. You're a scrum master uh, for a company, which is a, which is really dope. Number one, you're like huge. Like I, I, <laughs> you're huge. You just have been in the office. You kind. You over here, like you just respectful. You done accomplish things in the league. And you a full blown scrum master, which <laughs> no one knows anything about. Right. Right. <laughs> But it's a fantastic <laughs> career. I'm, I'm, I'm actually scrum certified myself. <laughs> just so y'all know, I, listen, I, I got certifications out here. I'm certified. Badged up. Yeah, badged up, man. But talk to me about what do you? What is your proudest accomplishment? You're a father. You're a husband. Um, you're a Christian. I had the privilege of marrying. You know, I put that out to the world. I'm like, you know, he like, I ain't trying to lose my honey dip, man. Can you help me out? <laughs> During training camp, yeah. yeah. No doubt, we got yeah, it done. Got it done. So, you know, your life is drastically transformed. What are you most proud of in, in your accomplishments, your career, your all these things? You, you, you're, you're, I don't know if there's another athlete in the scrum space. You know, it could be, but mm -hmm. I don't know if there's another one. It's a great story. I, if I had to say something I'm most proud of, it's just the same thing that got me to everywhere I've ever been. It's not quitting. It's, it's not giving up on myself, no matter the, 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 decisions, no matter the, the sequence of events, no matter what. Um, when football came around, when football's, football's over, it's like, I don't feel bad about it. Because, you know, people can have their 
objective or subjective point of views. The reality of it is, I come from Jamaica Queens. You know, come what on, I'm saying? bro. I come from Jamaica Queens. Over the Lost Boys scholarships. <laughs> uh, you know, what I'm saying they didn't want me. You know, yeah. Syracuse didn't want me. I, I turned all those no's into history. Like yeah. you can Google me. You know what I'm saying? Like Google me, dog. You know what I'm saying? You can Google me. Like so, I look at it like that, man. Don't quit. So now I take that same approach when it comes to the the marketplace and the same thing. Scrum Master, an opportunity to impact teams. Sure, love I, it. I know what it's like to endure. I know what it's like to break down a process. I know what it's like to be a part of a Fortune 32 company. We don't understand that, so people don't understand where they are. I can look back at the process and say, "There's 32 teams in the NFL. That's a Fortune 32 business." You know what I'm saying? You got to realize that the the product is the game. Yeah, we are a part of that. We are part of the developers. We, we make this thing work as far as the players on the field. You know, and it, I just separate it like that. So now that I'm in the marketplace, I understand it's the same thing. What are we looking at? The owners, the stakeholders, the CEO, the head coach. We looking at how we run this. We we have projections, right? We cut the, we got 16, 17 games. We don't look at it all at once. We cut yeah. it in the quarters, don't we? <laughs> Can we win the first quarter, win two or three out of those games? If we win one division game, it counts for two. Boom. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same thing. So you take that into the marketplace and you're like, okay, well, let's forecast this thing. Let, well, we understand where we want to go, the Super Bowl. We get that. We want to yeah. be positive. We want to be in the black. But sure. how do we win? From week to week. Yeah. How do we win from day to day? And how do we do it together? How do we make sure our teams are equipped enough from individual to individual so that we can execute at a high level sure. and make sure that we communicate? So I literally just took what I had in football and the, and the gifts that God has given me sure. and took that into how can I impact businesses and help them make their product and their process more fi- effective and efficient. Super dope, bro. I mean, your, your disposition, you've always had a hunger for learning, hunger for growth. And desire to get better. Quick story. When I went to Syracuse University, I remember getting off the bus on South Campus. And, like, these band players were getting off the bus. And I get off the bus, and this girl, and she gets off. Maybe she had a tuba or something like that. She falls. Mind you, this is main campus. This is a bunch of people walking by fast. Yeah. She falls. Nobody goes to try to help her up. Within, like, five seconds or so. Sure. Nobody tries to help her up. So I see her fall. I run over, pick her up. Hey, you Okay. Going about your business, right? Go. I mean, how you doing? Hope you have a good day. Hey, I'm glad you're okay. I'm thinking nothing of it. I'm about to just go to class, go get me a snack, maybe go take a nap and shine. You know how we do. Shine, you know. You know. So I go to my, I go to football practice later. I'm sitting in the the office. I'm sitting in the meeting with the D line, and then Coach Jimmy Brumbaugh, shout out Jimmy. He comes in with a letter, and he says, he says, I'm gonna stop the meeting for a minute. I want to read this letter, and he says it was a letter from the girl's parents. And the girl's parents wrote a letter. They, I didn't even know. She, I never told her my name. Mm. She found out who I was. Her, told her parents. Her parents wrote a letter to say thank you yeah. for helping my daughter. And that will always stick with me because that was integrity. That was me just seeing, doing the right thing, not being passive when it needs to be done. Sure. Right? Good. So as a man, you'll have failures. Take ownership of it. You, you know go. what I'm saying? Take ownership of it. Look, man, it is what it is. I did that. How can we improve? I right? like Because you, you're not going to have all wins. You got to learn how to lose. There we go. <laughs> oh, you got to learn how to lose, man. Bro, you just dropped a, 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 a lifetime worth of gems with that story because, and I just said this, life is a war. And in a war, you may lose battles, right? But we're going to win the war. You're going to win the war, right? But you may lose a battle, right? Like, there's, there's bad days, right? It's like, damn, today sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can have a good attitude about a bad day. I can have a good attitude about a poor experience. Less than stellar performance, right? And, you know, and I think that our, our, our ability to mature through negative experiences and recognize the growth opportunities are going to transcend us in our, you know, in our, in our evolution as leaders, husbands, fathers, whatever, employers, whatever. Um, business owners, and that's that's really the goal. At the end of the day, is to 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 know that you're a winner, and to be able to uh, overcome every every obstacle and experience. Man, like man, your story is still growing, it's still evolving, and um, man, I'm just I'm ex- I'm excited to be a, a small little part of this. Uh, of this ner- so talk about what you're most excited about moving forward, and um, and just what we can expect from Jay Brown. 
Man, oh man, I'm grateful, man. I have a beautiful wife. I have two wonderful sons. I'm grateful. My life is full in that way. Yeah. Uh, like we talked about the whole agile scrum master thing. So I look forward to impacting companies, help them improve their development process, and and really growing that to something I can really consult and really expand. As well as Brownlee Football Academy still being available. Come on, let's go. Still being available to help teams and people and, and young men get better at defensive line, man. Because I'm a wealth of knowledge when it comes to that. I watch the game till this day, and I'm just like, and I know you know the feeling. You're just watching the game, and you can't even watch the. You can't. You can never go back. It's different to watching the game like a like just like a regular person. Like you watching, like okay, what was his release? Okay, what what, what personnel are they in? You know what I'm saying? Like oh man, okay, nah, that's not holding. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Come on now, like let that go. Nowadays, you can't even touch the quarterback. You oh, just, it's, it's rough out there. You know what I'm saying? They look, but they like like I said, even even the agile process, I understand business a lot better now so it's i true. understand the product so as much as i would hate the process of what is going on as a sure. player i understand who's selling the tickets i understand who's throwing the ball so i understand you got to protect no doubt. the investment you got to protect the you know what i'm saying so hey man just um grab them real real hard give them, <laughs> you know give them a good good hug you know what i'm saying and then bring let them, them down go nice. you know what i'm saying bring them down with a pillow get a nice pillow out there make sure it got velvet on it whatever you necessary you know? some of them got long hair lawrence you got nice yeah, hair he might want cut some. on the way down Shape them up on the way down. Right, right, man. That'd be all right. But you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, do that, man, because it's all about the products. It's good. You know, like your product, what you're building here at, you know, Catch the Moment Podcast yeah. is, a, is a great product. You bring in excellent people on. You have an excellent story, right, with your catch and how it impacted so many different people and transcends time when it comes to Giants. And now we're in the playoffs making a little push and everybody's reminded, like, yeah. last time we did, we, 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 when we do this, we, we do it. And they, they overcame the boat curse, man. They overcame the boat curse. Man. Right. You, you was there for that season. Right, right. I was there for that, man. Over there like, oh, why'd you go on the boat, man? But you couldn't wait a couple more weeks, man. You was trying to get some sun before we go to Green Bay. That's what it was. That was it. Put your shirt on, man. <laughs> wow. No, it was wild. But nah, man, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. So we I'm excited about your 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 your, your transition. All I've seen you do is be committed to growth. And that's that's what's exciting about your your life, your your journey, who you are as a, as a man, who you are, and becoming a disciple. That's even better. But also, Brownlee Football Academy. This dude is a is a walking Trevor Trove. So if you have a family member that's into sport, growing into sport, make sure you check in. Also, the Catch Camp mm -hmm. is live. Make sure y'all hit David Tyree hit the website. Um, you know, Catch the Moment Podcast. Listen, if you want to partner with us as sponsors, as partners. Uh, make sure you hit the hit the website. All, every opportunity to grow and partner with the brand DT3 Enterprises is there. We want to thank you for your commitment. Thank you for the value proposition. And listen, we're on the way to getting great things done. Jay is family. I, I can't can't help but call him family. Everybody's family. So we would appreciate y'all continue to serve the mission. We'll check in, check out with y'all. Y'all continue to get great done. <laughs>